G'day, g'day guys. Now before we dive into today's show, I want to let you know that some of you may be aware that over the past eight years, I have built a substantial multifamily real estate portfolio here in the US worth over half a billion dollars. And in that time, my passive investors have received fantastic double digit returns. And now you too can invest directly into my deals for as little as $50,000. So if you're an interested investor, head over to reedgoosens.com to find out more. That's reedgoosens.com. Now back into the show. The greatest transfer of wealth in human history started in 2020. You look at the numbers, more millionaires and billionaires than ever created. And I haven't even seen the numbers in 2021, but we're in the process of this. So um, don't sit on the sidelines and let this opportunity slip you by. Figure out how the game works and get on the field. Get on the pitch. Grab, get, get some boots on. You know, get, grab, a, grab a mouth guard and let's get in there. Welcome to Investing in the US, a podcast for real estate investors, business owners, and aspiring entrepreneurs looking to break into the US market. Join Reid as he interviews go-getters, risk-takers, and the best in the business about their journey towards financial freedom and the sheer joy of creating something from nothing. G'day, g'day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the US podcast from Los Angeles. I'm your host, Reed Goosens. Good as always to have you with us on the show. Now, I'm glad that you've all tuned in to learn from my incredible guests, and each and every one of them are the cream of the crop here in the United States when it comes to real estate investing, business investing, and entrepreneurship. Each show, I try and tease out their incredible stories of how they have successfully created their businesses here in the US, how they've created financial freedom massive amounts of cash flow, and ultimately created extraordinary lives for themselves and their families. Life by design, as I like to say. Hopefully, these guests will inspire all of my cracking listeners, which are you guys, to get off the couch and go and take massive amounts of action. If these guys can do it, so can you. Now, as you know, I'm all about sharing the knowledge with my loyal listeners, which is you guys, and there's absolutely no BS on this show, just straight into the nuts and bolts. Now, if you do like this show, the easiest way to give back is to give us a review on iTunes, and you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter by searching at Reed Goosens. You can find the show wherever you podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play, but you can also find these episodes up on my YouTube channel. So head over to reedgoosens.com, click on the video link, and it will take you to the video recordings of these podcasts where you can see my ugly mug with the beautiful faces of my guests each and every week. All right, enough out of me. Let's get cracking and into today's show. Today on the show, I have the pleasure of speaking with MC Laubscher. Now, MC has been a massive fan of this podcast, and he's actually been on the show two other times. But for those people who don't know who MC is, a little bit of a, of a background on him. Well, first of all, he's an absolute legend. He's from South Africa, has a very similar background to myself, coming to here and making, creating something from nothing. But he's also the host of an extremely popular podcast called Cashflow Ninja. He's an entrepreneur. He's a dad. He's a rugby lover, which is the best thing I love about him. He's an investor and he's the president of Producers Wealth and Producers Capital Partners. I'm really pumped and excited to have him back on the show after the pandemic to share his incredible insights and what he's been up to. But enough of me. Let's get him out here. G'day, MC. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today, mate? 
Awesome, man. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. Great to connect again. Yeah, it is. And uh, I, was, I know we were connecting over the last couple of weeks because I was on your show. But um, the South Africans, mate, we, we, the Aussies beat you in, in the rugby. What's going on, hey? Yeah, not yeah. once, twice. <laughs> exactly. Not once, but twice. <laughs> For all those Yeah, no, so we'll, we swallowed a little bit of humble pie, right? <laughs> exactly. We had a good run in 2019 and – it's been humble pie for us, but uh, very well deserved for the Aussies. Yeah, well, for all those pit listeners who don't care at all about rugby union, uh, I'm a massive rugby fan. MC's a massive rugby fan. He's from South Africa. I'm from Australia. And the Aussies beat the world champions two, two weekends in a row and about a month and a half ago. This was, we were recording here in early November. So uh, I just had to get that little jab in there. But anyway, MC, let's get into the show. Mate, what have you been up to? And, and, and fill us in because you've been on the show a couple of times before and you've, you've got a real... Uh, sense for being an entrepreneur. You you have your own podcast, which I mentioned called the, the Cashflow Ninja, but maybe just rewind the clock for those people who don't know you and just give us a bit of a, a brief background on yourself and, and then catch us up on what you've been up to since the pandemic or over the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. So I came to the US in 2001. It's crazy. It's 20 years ago. Wow. So suitcase, backpack, sense of humor, sense of adventure and ready to rumble, right? Um, and by the way, when I got to the U.S., uh, a lot of folks have had similar epiphanies too. But when I came here, I just couldn't believe the uh, the upward mobility available to anyone that's willing to give it a crack. It was just incredible. You know, um, I've been fortunate that I traveled to quite a number of continents and countries and saw uh, a, a little bit of the world. And it just struck me the first the first thing about the U.S. was just, wow, you can come here, give it give it a whirl. And, and just work your butt off. And, and the, 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 it, the, what you can accomplish is, is, is unlimited, right? You just look at all the many, many success stories. And it's funny that there is a lot of foreigners coming to this country too and just make it absolutely huge, right? Uh, because they see the same opportunity and I still see it. It's, it's, been, it's, it's quite incredible and it's more global now too with the internet, technology at our fingertips and so forth. But I uh, pl actually played in a, a rugby league up until 2007 in the, in the States. And while I was doing that, we were traveling from city to city every weekend. While I was doing that, I was, you know, the, the nerdy guy on the, on the team bus or on the, on the plane, right? Reading on history, economics, investing, and so forth. Came across Rich Dad, Poor Dad, written by Robert Kiyosaki. I took action, bought my first property that year in 2001. Um, and one of the biggest epiphanies there for me was after I found tenants, rented out the place, collected some rent in it, there was cash left over. And I'm like, this, this, young, this young guy's eyes just lit up and goes, oh, my word, how many times can I do this? This is crazy. And then, of course, school starts, right? Uh, but that was a big light bulb moment for me. Another uh, incredible uh, uh, light bulb moment for me besides uh, cash flow is, you know, you run into as an investor, sometimes you run into a situation where you're like, wow, I really want to grow and scale this and accelerate it. Um, and there's two ways to actually do that, right? The one way is you can increase your own income. So I really focused on building businesses that would generate more income for me. So I started many side hustles, failed a lot, but some of them worked out pretty well and ended up being home runs. And that helped me generate capital, which I can then deploy and grow and scale my my um, real estate investments more. And then of course, the second piece is people, right? Um, another big light bulb moment was just uh, the incredible power that, that relationships had and that 
you know, there's there's a saying and and I butcher sayings, but it's as, as essentially like if you want to if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Mm-hmm. And that's the uh, kind of my motto that I've adopted. I, I've I have a very long term view uh, as a as an entrepreneur and investor. And I'd like to I'd like to go very far with great relationships. And then uh, the the other light bulb moment that I would share to in this journey of, you know, falling, getting back up having some setbacks, having some more, uh, more success and, and achieving a certain level uh, of success as I finally started to realize the big game was that you had to essentially create your own banking system like the wealthy. So you can play a game at a certain level, you know, as we used, we talked about rugby beforehand and at different levels. And we, when you, when you want to play at the next level, there's certain things that you have to add and certain elements that you have to add to your game to get to the next level. And I started to realize, man, uh, this business thing is, is great. I love it. I love the game. The investing thing is great. I love it. But now as to be the investor, to be sort of the, uh, the king or the queen with all of your many generals fighting wars on different continents for you and, and accomplishing what you want to accomplish. You really have to raise your game and become essentially your own bank and your own banking system. So in 2000 and I think it was around 2000, end of 2015, beginning of 2016, I started Cashflow Ninja, which a lot of folks uh, know me from started as a, as a podcast. We've been very blessed to, now I've had millions of downloads over 180 countries. We've turned it into an educational com- company. Just started as a podcast. Now we're a, a digital education company. We have a virtual platform with programs, uh, books, and, and and so forth. And we really have a very strong purpose and mission to help as many people become self-reliant through actionable education and help them capitalize on economic opportunities in times of change, chaos, and disruption, which we're already in the midst of. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, um, I've uh, two other companies. Um, one was uh, is Producers Wealth. We uh, consult with business owners and investors digitally. We've done that since 2015. Much different today than it was then, but we've done that since uh, 2015 across the United States, where we help them actually implement and execute banking strategies. And then we have also producers cap capital partners, but it's been an exciting ride. And, you know, we we're living in during a pretty exciting time. So I, uh, <laughs> I'm having as much fun as I can. That's all. Mate, that's, that's an incredible and very similar story to myself, but you you've taken it down a different path. And I love what you said about being the King or the queen with all your generals fighting your different wars for you. I think you've taken more of an approach from an outsider's point of view where I've gone more into one niche and we'll get into that word in a minute. Uh, uh, you've, you've taken a more of a broader approach to help educate people about the different aspects that you can go in cash flow. And part of what we're going to talk about today is your new book. But I think kudos to you to being able to being you know a master of all these different avenues and being that that resource that people can go out and, and listen to and learn from and educate themselves about what you're finding, what you're what you're intrigued by. Because I know you you covered some some great stuff. I know you're involved in the infinite banking system because I have you on before talking about that. That's an incredibly yep. powerful platform that you can use to generate longer term wealth. But, but what have you been up to recently? Because I don't want to. I want to talk a little bit about your new book uh, that you've just come out with. Yeah, absolutely. And and just to add to your point, you know, a lot of folks have asked me, MC, what's your lane? Because everybody's sort of got a lane or a niche or a niche. <laughs> but what's your what's your sort of your lane? And and my lane is people. 
Uh, so I immerse myself in certain sectors and certain asset classes and, and niches that I want to, to, uh, to invest in. And then I find the best in those uh, niches to invest the cash flow ninjas, right? Uh, I just remember a story and, and it's funny. I started in, in my career as a real estate investor, went from single family. Eventually I wanted to uh, make that transfer into multifamily. And I had a, a rugby buddy actually that came from a very wealthy family, owned a ton of real estate in Chicago on the North side of Chicago. So I literally started at the bottom doing some property management. I mean, literally picking up trash, painting, helping with apartment turnovers, helping them lease apartments, uh, being involved in, in pro project management as a property manager, eventually managing um, over 500 pro uh, units for him as a property manager. And then also then getting my broker's license and being part of acquisitions teams. And during that time, I remember I cold called someone for like six months, nonstop, trying to get, because I knew he had a, had a portfolio of properties that he would eventually want to sell. And I just remember coming into the office like 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and the person that I was trying to get a hold of literally walked outside of uh, the, my broker's office, my friend's partner, and he just sold the entire portfolio of properties. And I sat down there and I'm like, what just happened? Let's just, let's just debrief here for a second. What just happened? And I came to that realization at that stage that these guys are ninjas. They're cash flow ninjas. Like nobody, nobody would even like think of selling or buying property on the north side of Chicago, especially within the multifamily space without reaching out to those guys because they know everyone. Mm -hmm. They know where all the, the properties are. They know exactly which ones they will buy and which one they will flip to another investor. They were the chessboard, literally. Um, so I sat there and I'm like, you can't compete with like, these ninjas, like especially like a weekend warrior or someone just doing it part-time. But there's another option. How do you get to invest with them? Because they're going to obviously get access to the best deals that, that's not available to the general public. They're going to get access to those deals before anybody even knows about it, right? Uh, all of the off-market deals they're going to get. So instead of competing with those folks, you have to align and partner with them. Um, and that's essentially the approach that I've taken and you know, after interviewing on my show, just being a, a lifelong student and being a curious person and, and trying to learn more about things on my show, I've interviewed over 700 people, uh, best minds in, in, in business and investing and had an incredible guests on such as yourself. And uh, they've shared a lot of different things. So folks keep asking me and see what are some of the best opportunities that have been shared on your show? And this came up over and over and over and over. And eventually I said, well, you know, uh, there's a, there's an idea here for a book to share some of the best opportunities that have been shared on the show um, because we've, we've gone pretty wide business commodities, paper assets, real estate. We've covered blockchain and, and crypto technology since 2016. So we've gone very, very wide. So it was tough essentially breaking it down to 21 niches and the book is called the, the 21 based cash flow niches or niches. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was hard. So I threw in five bonus ones too. So there's essentially 26, but as you know, you know, 21 markets better than 26, right? It's like the number seven, 10, 20, 21. And then it's 
50 or 100, right? But yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's been incredible to learn from all of these folks. You know, and I jokingly say to, you know, staying with the theme of cash flow for Seinfeld fans out there. Cosmo Kramer uh, launched a book the one time, and it was a, a, a coffee table book about coffee tables that opens up and f- unfolds into a coffee table. So I'm like, how can I write a book about cash flow, talking about cash flow that also then generates some cash flow for the cash flow ninja business? <laughs> so, awesome. so I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, but it was, uh, it's been incredible to share these these different opportunities and putting it all together. And, you know, you've been doing this for a while too. It's, it's fun to reflect because, mm. you know, we, we are very driven people. So we're always moving on to the next thing, right? We do things and we move on to the next project and we move on to this, but sometimes it, it was, it was actually a great, a uh, fun exercise to sit back and reflect yeah. on uh, the conversations that I've had and the things shared. And can you just repeat that word that you just said there starting with N? <laughs> What's that? Can you repeat that word, how you pronounced it, starting with N? Oh, the <laughs> niches. <laughs> niches. <laughs> Very American, my friend. Very American. Yep. For, for everyone else outside of the United States, it's called niches uh, or, you know, whatever, however you want to pronounce it. But let's walk through some of those 21. We've probably got, we've only got a certain amount of time here on the show, but yep. maybe what, and, and before we do, I'll just reflect kudos to you, man, because that is such an empowering way to repurpose content in an effective way, um, you know, obviously Tim Ferriss did, did the same thing, Tools of Titans, uh, and, and using his you know notebook to to you know, share with his readership the the different ways in which these successful people leave clues, which was really important. And I think you're doing exactly the same thing. You're picking up on those clues, repurposing the content, and laying it out in that sort of you know, as you said, seven, nine, ten, twenty-one top. Uh, real estate niches. So let's start from the top. What was your number one that you, and, and is it ascending order, descending order? Like what's, how, how, did, how did you set it up? Yeah, I, I just randomly uh, put it all together because I knew folks would, you know, especially my, <laughs> the audience that, that I have to, I knew they were going to look into it saying, oh, this is number one and this is number two. So no, it's a no specific order. I just put it in a uh, in, in, in an order to just digest. And the way that it's presented too is it's not a deep dive on every single niche. It's essentially what it is, how it operates, how it works how investors can get involved in that. What are some of the pros? What are some of the cons? Because what I wanted to do was I wanted to create something that shares a lot of ideas for folks. So maybe you're already a real estate investor and you've got a significant portfolio of real estate, but there are other things that you can add as a real estate investor, just to balance your portfolio a little bit out. Uh, so I'll give you an example. One of the niches that I talk about is agriculture. And a lot of folks would say, well, yeah, that seems to be pretty hot. I mean, Jim Rogers, legendary investor, spoke about how farmers would be the guys driving Porsches in the, you know, in the future, right? And and how this is this is this niche is ready, ready to blow up. So a lot of folks know about crops, they know about livestock. They've even uh, possibly looked at 
you know, the cannabis industry, which which we could classify in this agriculture, because really it's big agri uh, uh, that's coming into that space. It's no longer just two two dudes hanging out in a basement going into the cannabis business. It's like the big, big players coming in there. Um, So it's serious, serious business, especially the medicinal side of it. A massive market. So maybe folks have heard about that. Maybe they've heard of you know, uh, coffee or cacao parcels or shore, which gives a diverse international diversification element to it. And there's other, obviously, other different types of agricultural investments too. One thing that I found fascinating, and maybe your listeners will find this fascinating too, as I looked into what a lot of institutions, hedge funds, endowments, fa- and family offices put their money in, There seems to be a niche within agriculture, within timber, and it's more specifically teak, that a lot of them have positioned a ton of capital. And I find, Mm. you know, things like this, I'm like, wait a second, why? Why are they doing this? This is very interesting. Well, it's a very high end type of market, number one. So it's not... It's, it's a specialty product within there. But then also from a diversification standpoint, because a lot of these big, big players already invested in businesses in specific industries and sectors. They're already investing in real estate. But the teak sort of balances out their portfolio because essentially in a, in a fast changing and volatile environment, what does teak do? It just grows. Five years ago, it just grew. <laughs> Five years from now, it's just going to grow. And it's a great inflation hedge, too, which obviously that that term is now uh, in the nomenclature all over the Internet and all over the world. And folks are now seeing the impacts of it. So it's a great hedge. I thought that was fascinating that in a very I mean, for most folks, it's a relatively unattractive (laughs) asset or a clause or a specific niche. But it does something for investors specifically uh, that already invested in businesses and and, and in uh, in real estate. So those are one of the, the niches that I cover in there that, you know, it's niches like this will just give someone an idea of maybe there's something else that I can add with my portfolio of businesses or with my portfolio of, of real estate investments. I, I love that. And, and, and when you said teak, is it just specifically the teak wood that they, they're investing in? Yes, Interesting. Yeah, I, I remember yeah, absolutely. Teak, teak, the teak decks on the super yachts that I used to work on back in the day. I worked for a Russian billionaire. I'm not. A, I'm nowhere near his status, but I but I had a bit of fun gallivanting <laughs> in the south of France, and uh, I remember scrubbing the decks, which were teak decks. It had some very specific deck, um, and and obviously, yeah. it's, it's interesting that that it, I assume it's like any commodity. It, it holds its value. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it holds its value. And it's a very specific market where a lot of folks had found it beneficial, especially within with the inflationary environment that we're in. So, um, you know, so those that was an interesting one. I'll share another one with you that 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 folks might find interesting. So and this one is more. Well, I'll share I'll share, too, because they kind of fall in together. So I did, I did cover I did cover crypto and blockchain on my show since 2016. Now, when people say cryptocurrencies 
and blockchain technologies, it does something <laughs> to the to the minds of folks. They think make a quick buck, put in a hundred bucks into Bitcoin and have it become a gazillion or buy the latest doggy coin out there or something like that. Right. Um, but that's not what we're talking about at all. I mean, there's things that you can do in crypto as in any asset clause that's a, a savings element or a saving strategy. There's an investing strategy and then there's a speculation strategy. Uh, great investors know when they do all three. They know when they're saving, they know when they're investing, and they know when they are speculating. And you could do, you could do all three in this space. I'll share two examples with you. Uh, number one is, you know, one of the greatest opportunities that I've seen is to take the California gold rush strategy as an investor to the crypto and the blockchain space. Because if you think back at the gold rush, the California gold rush, the folks that really crushed it and made really, and, and built incredible wealth. Well, they weren't necessarily the people panning and digging and mining the gold. It was the folks selling the picks, the shovels, the equipments. It was the folks selling the clothes and the shoes like Levi Strauss. It was the folks housing them. It was the folks that had taverns, right? It was the folks that provided services, financial services, like the Wells family, like we now all know the Wells Fargo brand. So those folks absolutely crushed it. So you can, as an investor, not as a speculator, as an investor, invest in that space through private placements into companies that are offering certain services, which will be very much needed. Uh, which services will be very much needed? Well, I'll give you one example. You think taxes are going to become an issue in the crypto space in the coming years? So there are actually firms that you can invest in as an investor through private placements and so forth um, and, and be a, a, an investor in a, a crypto tax firm or a crypto estate planning firm or a crypto, crypto custodian, right? Think about it. There's a lot of folks with, you know, 10 thumbs. Uh, when it comes to crypto, because there's a there's a very big learning curve involved with it of buying it, storing it, warehousing it, uh, having hot wallets, cold wallets, you know, all those type of things. And people don't want to deal with that. So who would deal with that? Well, a custodian, a custodian will hold your assets on behalf of you for exchange of a fee. So there's companies like that that you can position yourself in uh, and follow the California gold rush strategy into it as an investor. A very, a very interesting niche, the, the, uh, or niche. The second, the second one that I'll share is uh, uh, there's a savings element to crypto too. Um, and the one that I share in the book is stable coins, stable coin cash flow. Now for folks that are not familiar with crypto and, 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 and stable coins, so essentially in the crypto space, most people know about Bitcoin, uh, which is competing to be money and sound money. Most people have maybe heard of Ethereum, which is sort of like your platform, um, your platform kind of coin, right? Um, but they haven't heard of, for example, a stable coins, which ba is backed by other assets. Uh, there are coins, for example, that mimics the price action of gold. Um, there are coins that mimics the U.S. dollar, like USDC, for example. Um, they are, there's a huge demand for those, by the way. And folks that say, I, I don't understand it, is the whole point of crypto not getting out of U.S. dollar into a different asset? And the answer is uh, absolutely yes. But 
there's a massive demand because you now have big boys and girls playing in the crypto space. The big, the big, big, big companies and institutions and funds are coming in. So when you are trading crypto, you need to move your money onto the exchange. So how do you do that? Well, you have to do it through a coin. So they convert cash into stable coins, move the stable coins onto exchanges, and then they set their trades, which then triggers a buy when it hits a target price or a strike price for these, these institutions. So there's a massive demand for stable coins. That's the first one. And then the second one would be when you, let's just say you bought a Bitcoin in 2016 at 500 bucks or something, right? Well, now you're sitting pretty, pretty nicely, but... You have a money problem, a good money problem to have, by the way. There are good and bad money problems. The good money problem is if you sell now, there's a huge capital gains tax, massive one waiting for you. The IRS is looking for their cut, right? So what do folks do if they want to liquidate some of their, uh, let's just say, Bitcoin um, and use it to buy a house or cars or, or, or real estate or investments and so forth. Well, you can actually borrow against your Bitcoin on certain lending platforms. And how do they, and, and what do they, they give you the loans in? Well, they give it to you in stable coins. So there's a huge demand for this. So folks can actually just warehouse some cash that they don't feel comfortable just sitting in the bank or they could put it into a stable coin back that mimics the price uh, uh, value of U.S. dollars, and they get they get a very nice return on that for uh, staking it on a lending platform, uh, and they earn predictable cash flow. It's very liquid too, by the way. It's not like a CD or a money market where you have to keep it for a certain time period locked in. Excuse me, you can you can move it into these coins, position it on a lending platform, and then obviously earn a nice interest. And if you need the cash, if there's an emergency, well, you can, you can access it. So those are just some ideas, but that's actually, that's a good savings element. And of course, you know, your audience are, they're great. They know that there's risks involved with everything that you do. And you should only invest in, 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 participate investments that you know about or understand, but those are just some some ideas that I share uh, with folks in, in the book. For those of you who are interested in staying up to date with all the latest happenings in my business, or to learn more about passively investing directly into my multifamily value-add deals, then head over to readgoosens.com and sign up for my monthly newsletter. By signing up, you'll automatically be notified about my new up-and-coming investment opportunities. You'll be able to stay up to date with all the latest real estate news here in the United States and much, much more. So head over to readgoosens.com and sign up today. Now, back into the show. That's, that's incredible, mate. And I want to, again, go back to some of the things that you're talking about because I know I had on the show a gentleman talking about actually investing in, in cannabis and with all yep. the regulations around it, back to your idea of, well, you don't necessarily might never want to be in the cannabis industry or the farming industry, but you want to be maybe the bank that helps support the banking or the financing or be the shovels and the, the picks. So yes. I, I love that idea of being a support network and, and in that idea of the taxation. There's going to be a whole wave of new taxation legislation that's going to come out for cryptocurrency investors, not only here in the States, around the globe, right? Because yep. you know, every single country who's want to chase their citizens for their money <laughs> is going to want to chase them. And they're going to have and if you're in the crypto world, how they're going to tax 
your gains on that. So investing in in tax companies or, or you know CPA firms that can help guide those investors down the right path is a very smart idea. I love that idea. And then thank you for explaining. I actually haven't talked a lot about crypto on this show and I'd love to maybe get you back on or you can suggest someone who can come on and talk about it. But, but just the evolution of this currency, like the evolution of um, the cannabis industry, the CBD industry, it's constantly evolving and trying to find different ways to store wealth back to you yep. know, your, your point of you're storing wealth in this crypto, which thing you can then lend against. And I was you know, listening to a, a program the other day about NFTs, non, non-fungible tokens, and how that is also a storing of wealth to then borrow against to get it out of your current currency. Maybe it's in cash or out of the banks or anything like that. So it, it has a very basis in getting out of the, the fundamental systems that we've all been taught about, i.e. the banking system. So inc- incredible stuff, mate. Um, but I want to quickly pivot just towards the end of the show here and let's talk about coming out of the pandemic, this unfair advantage that I know you've spoken a lot about on your show um, and where we are in this sort of environment for people to take advantage of what's going on right now. Obviously, in the real estate space, things are blowing up in terms of prices and things just don't pencil and you know, rent's going through the roof. But it's also happening, it's not happening in a silo, it's happening in conjunction with so many other industries. And you're, again, back to what we were saying earlier, you're an expert in a lot of different areas because you interview so many people in your show. So how are you, pull, you know, taking that sort of 30,000 level view of where we are right now and this quote unquote unfair advantage and how can we take advantage of it? Yeah, that's that's a great, uh, great question and a, and a great topic because uh, there's so many things that you can as a, as a business owner and investor draw from to get an unfair advantage. Uh, one of the things right now, one of the big themes when it comes to an unfair advantage is the difference between actual risk and perceived risk. And investors know this. When I say this, they look at me first and then they go, I see what, where you're get, getting at here. I, I see where you're going with this. Because I uh, think about it, you know, if you're just getting into real estate, maybe it's people that are listening. Um, when you first started, there was a perceived risk that you thought that real estate had or real estate investing had because you had an uncle that lost, you know, his socks as, as a real estate investor or uh, you had a brother-in-law that had bad tenants that, you know, swear it's the worst asset class in on the planet. So you had this perceived risk because people talk about it being extremely risky because they're marketing, of course, you know, Wall Street products to you. And let's just say maybe you dipped your toe through a self-directed IRA into the world of real estate. And then you started to realize there's a massive difference between the perceived risk that I had towards the actual risk in that asset clause. And it's actually not that risky if you do it right, if you educate yourself, because eventually the risk is in not in the investment, it's in the investor, right? So that's a, that's a huge competitive advantage. And so how do you get yourself in a position as investor to be in a position of understanding the actual risk versus the perceived risk. One of the things that I talk about is knowing the game. Uh, There's a game right now. Most folks are not even aware that we're playing this game, but we are absolutely in, in a game. And I call it the game of capital and wealth. And essentially is you have to understand Uh, how money works, the entire global monetary system. You have to understand the banking and the financial system. And then you have to understand a little bit of business and also assets such as real estate, understand debt, especially because if you're a real estate investor, you do to understand how this game works. I'll give an example. In 2020, 
the currency units were increased in the United States. And this is all across the world, but just in the US, the number was 25%. So essentially, there were 25% of all of the currency units ever created was created in 2020. So there's a there's this concept of the Cantillian effect that plays into us. There was a economist, uh, Mr. Cantillian, that shared that he witnessed when newly created currency or mon- monetary units were created in a geographic area or within a country, folks that were closest to the centers of influence and power got access to the trough first, right? So if you relate that to today, well, who got access to the new, newly created money first? Well, it was the banking and the financial institutions, the insurance companies, the hedge funds, um, all of these different wealth funds, all of the uh, corporations, family offices, and the individuals. So what did they do with it? Well, they bought hard assets because they understood that this money was being created. So they got access to it first. They position it in businesses and real estate. And, and by doing so, they position themselves as money made, it, made its way through the economy. So what, what tends to happen then, the next set of folks that, that get access to it as corporations are paying people, is the middle class. What do they do with it? Well, they buy houses. Maybe they improve on, on existing houses. They uh, max out 401ks. Um, they pay a lot of the debts that they have, right? Whether it be student loan debt, mortgages, credit cards, auto loans, all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, it makes it, it the money goes through the uh, to the bottom economic rung of the economy where folks get hit the hardest because they get access to these newly created units lost. Remember the stimmy checks that were mailed out? So now you get it. But by the time the stimmy checks gets directly to the folks, what happened? Well, your rents went up. Your, uh, your prices of your food went up, your, the prices of your clothes, right? Everything that you need to survive basically went up because as the money was into the economy, the, the 1% or the 0.01% positioned themselves to benefit through asset inflation. And they also own the businesses that can raise their, their prices of their goods and services that benefits from the price inflation, So understanding this game as an investor gives you a competitive advantage because you know that you know that governments are broke. All of them are broke. (laughs) All of them, whether it be whether it be national, federal, state, local, cities, towns, municipalities. And, you know, I mean, look at what's going on across the world, whether you're listening to news in Europe, Australia, uh, Africa, the United States and other North American countries. I mean, pick your Pick your geographic region, right? It's, it, it's stimulus. It's spending programs. It's more money. So what that's telling us is more money will be created. So as an investor right now, your unfair advantage that you have is knowing and understanding this game and then also knowing the difference between the actual and the perceived risk and knowing that if you don't position yourself in businesses or hard assets, it's actually very risky. <laughs> very risky than not owning any of those. So um, that's some of the things that we talk about. And we talk to people should build their arc through having a strategy for this game. You know, maybe you have businesses and you have real estate, but position yourself across the board, find your tribe of like-minded people. You know, this audience is great um, and you've got a fantastic uh, tribe, right? So uh, find your tribe and then also figure out a way how to decentralize yourself from 
you know, a very fast changing and rapidly uh, transforming and disruptive society because we're going to have it, right? I mean, the technologies that are being rolled out now, I don't know if you saw it, mate, but there's like robot dogs on streets and all this guy. I mean, this is just the beginning of it, right? So it's like the fourth industrial revolution, AI, robotics, 3D printing, the internet of things, 5G, you got all these things going on. So um, yeah, it's going to be very disruptive. So I would be shocked if it's not extremely disruptive. So know this, know the game, and then understand how you can position yourself because um, it could either be a time of doom and gloom that a lot of folks are talking about. And I, I mean, rightfully so, there are doomy and gloomy things, but the greatest transfer of wealth in human history started in 2020. You look at the numbers, more millionaires and billionaires than ever created. And I haven't even seen the numbers in 2021, but we're in the process of this. So um, don't sit on the sidelines and let this opportunity slip you by. Figure out how the game works and get on the field, get on the pitch. Grab, get, get some boots on, you know, get, grab, a, grab a mouth guard and let's get in there. <laughs> Big question for you is with this transfer of wealth, what can you look back in history? Given that you're a bit of a history buff, what can you point to that we're sitting in 2021? What does this year feel like? And what is your crystal compared to previous downturns or economic blips? What does this feel like? And where do you think we're headed? If, if, if you could, if you could look in your crystal ball. Yeah. So we've gone through changes like this very much. So, right. We've gone through changes. Uh, let's just say we went from the agricultural age to the industrial age and through the industrial revolution. That was very slow people. I mean, most people don't even realize this, but, and that's why I love history, but everybody used to live on the land out in the country. People used to work the land, living on farms, grow their own food, were very self-sufficient and so forth. And through the Industrial Revolution, folks moved to the cities because that's where the jobs were. And of course, on the farms, it all became, you know, uh, technology took it over through through some of the tools and equipment and, and that kind of stuff. So um, they became, I mean, the skill sets that they had were replaced by machines. This is happening very similar to that, but it, we've never seen the speed at which this is going to happen because we are now digital. I mean, just think of what happened in 2020. We literally fast forwarded 10 years in like three months in the digital world. So we've gone through these, these changes, but it's never been through the speed. Now, that being said, when the wealth was being transferred, then it was, it was a lot slower too, right? Um, and there were folks... You know, I've heard folks say, well, you had to have land or own the farms or own the factories and so forth, the means of production. Yeah, that's that's true in, in some way, shape or form. But look at guys like Andrew Carnegie that worked his way up, didn't come from anything. You know, Cornelius Vanderbilt, like the the the, the folks that were instrumental of, of actually building out the infrastructure and connecting the entire United States. But uh, yeah, so this time, this is just going to be much faster. So as a as an investor, you have to look at okay, what's what's coming, what's happening. Well, AI is already here because if you go on a website, somebody's talking to you. It's not a live person; <laughs> it's a robot chatting to you. Um, so there's already elements of uh, AI that we've incorporating um, automation. We're all very much familiar with that. So I think that you know we're going to see a very big part of the workforce being replaced by AI and by automation and by robotics that's already in place. You know, 
I'd like an appendicitis at the beginning of the year, a, a robot basically did my surgery. And the doctor was sitting with a mouse playing on the computer while the robot was performing the surgery. So these things are already happening. Um, I just think it's going to speed up. So what you do, look at skill sets that are going to be needed, skill sets, capabilities, and of course, relationships are also important, but skill up and schools, by the way, that's why there's such a massive disruption in schools. What we're seeing right now, it's only the beginning of it because schools cannot prepare people for the at the speed at which they would need to be prepared for all these coming changes. Think about just in our space, technology and stuff. I remember when we started a podcast, you know, I was on a plane. This is like circa 2016, right? We had a pod, we had podcasts up and running and I was just making conversation with someone on the plane because they had a marketing textbook. Uh, she was going back to her family so from her college that she was in. Podcasting wasn't even textbooks then, marketing textbooks. And sh she was a marketing major. So that's just an idea of like how obsolete basically things were from a technology standpoint and tactical standpoint, you know, five years ago. Think where we are right now and where we're going. So... We're always going to need to market stuff. We're going to need to sell stuff and we're going to need to fulfill stuff in our businesses. Think of the skill sets that you would need because it's going to change a little bit of how you would be able to deliver those. Got it. No, I love it. And I think that's, so, so did you think there's going to be a crash? I mean, it, it could take many ways, shape or forms, right? It could be a melt up or a meltdown. So the, when, when things change and they disrupt, um, it's it's economical. You know, Grand Cardone jokes and says it's not a political planet. It's an economic planet. Right. And it's so true. When you go through these rapid disruptions economically, it manifests itself, you know, in all spheres of society, politics being one of them. But from a and, and, and how politics plays into whether it will crash, yes or no, well, it could be it, it, it's not politically advantageous to crash an economy completely and let a, a whole bunch of folks lose money in their 401ks or their home prices and so forth. So on the one end, I'm still, you know, I'm preparing for both a melt up, a very hyperinflationary sort of crash, which is also a crash. Think about Zimbabwe, you know, you could be a multi-billionaire, but you know, you're still in the same living standard, essentially. Or it could be a, there could be a deflationary event of some sort uh, that a crisis will bring because there will be a crisis. I just don't know what the reaction would be. Would it be we throw more money at this and it's a melt up or we contract and it's a deflationary one. So that's the tough part about a crystal ball. But I would say this. The crystal ball game is tough. So just prepare for any and any outcome and probability and prepare for anything and everything. So we are, you know, in our community and how I'm looking at this is I'm preparing for a melt up or a potential crash, you know, a deflationary event. So that's why you need to have a strategy for both of them and be well positioned and have diversified income streams in different niches. <laughs> exactly. So, mate, where can people get their hands on the book? They want to go out there. Where, where do they go? Cashflowninja.com forward slash 21 niches. So, 21 niches. And then, uh, for your uh, listeners and viewers out there, when they buy a copy of the book, just screenshot a receipt 
of the of your purchase and send it to my team at info@cashflowninja.com and what I'll do is I'll give folks access to a digital version of the book an audio version of the book if you like to listen to books rather than read it uh, and then also a curated library of interviews in the uh, in the book one of one of your interviews is featured uh, in that and then also more bonus features so uh, if you want access to the bonus features yeah just take a screenshot of the receipt of the book and send it to my team at info at cashflowninja.com. It's available on Amazon or just go to cashflowninja.com forward slash 21 niches. Awesome stuff, mate. Well, look, at the end of every show, we love to dive into the top five investing tips. Lightning round, you ready to get into it? Absolutely. Mate, what is the daily habit you practice to keep on track towards your goals? Thinking time. So I make some time for thinking. 30 minutes minimum, but I just sit in silence and I write down my thoughts and ideas and things that I'm, and just think through things. I think we're always moving uh, and we don't, we don't do enough of it. Is it Henry Ford that said thinking is one of the hardest things to do? That's why so few people engage in it. So I make a point of think, spending some time every day uh, in silence, just thinking and writing down some thoughts. Awesome stuff, mate. What is, uh, who's been the number one uh, or the most influential person in your career to date? You know, that's a great, that's a great question. I would say it's my parents. You know, I think that I am the person that I am uh, of the principles and values that, that I've, that I have. And obviously grew, grew up in an interesting time in South Africa's history too. So I look back at, you know, my family and how I grew up and where we are right now. And um, yeah, of course, there's been some great folks that have impacted my life, but I think it all starts, you know, it starts at home, right? Yeah, no, I love it. Thanks, thanks, mum and dad, as they say. Um, question number three: yeah, What's the most exactly. influential? What's the most influential tool in your business? When I say tool, it could be a physical tool like a pen and paper, or your phone, or it could be more of a digital tool. What is it, and then what helps make the business run and tick? Uh, here's what I do for my for my family, uh, for myself, my family, my business, and my investments. It's actually a thinking tool. So it's like a, a framework that I learned from strategic coach Dan Sullivan, but it's dangerous opportunities and strengths. And I actually do this in my thinking time too. I look at all the dangers to myself, my family, my business, and my investments. And then I look at opportunities. Once you evaluate and see all of the, the dangers, you will see a plethora of opportunities that, that brings it to the surface. And then also, then you look at your strengths. What skill sets, capabilities, and relationships do I have to capitalize on these? Um, it's been phenomenal. It's worked so great in every single area. Uh, of of your life. So that's why, I mean, the thinking tool is, and that's something that, you know, it's never going to be outdated. Looking at the world a certain way, because you start your day by, man, okay, I've, I've identified all of the threats. I have changed my mindset to abundance because I see all the opportunities and now I'm ready to give it a crack and capitalize on it. Love it. I love it, mate. Uh, in one sentence, what's been the biggest failure in your career? What'd you learn from that failure? Go, just going at things alone, you know, I think that's one of the things that, you know, and, and it's also, I mean, everybody ha is there on their journey and they have to transition into, you know, fi figuring out that, man, <laughs> it's going to be an uphill battle uh, doing this all by myself. And when I'm up now against teams and professional teams, and I'm just the only person giving it a crack on this end, uh, every single uh, disaster that I could point to is probably just Giving, giving, uh, giving it a crack on my own and just not figuring out how to do it with, with folks uh, behind me or on my side. Well, I, I will say, but you have to start by giving it a crack on your own, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't be here. That's you where wouldn't... you start. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't. Yeah. It's, it's like a journey. You have to, you have to start by, by taking action yourself and then eventually you build, I mean, these things take a while. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's like making that switch. So you could do smaller things probably. And that's where you get started on yourself by, by yourself. And as you do bigger and bigger things, you're definitely going to have to uh, bring on some folks yep. uh, that can guide you and then can assist you. Love it. Love it, mate. Last question is where can people reach you to continue the conversation that want to be in your sphere? Where do they go? Cashflowninja.com. So everything about uh, the podcast is over 800 of them. Uh, podcasts, programs, books, resources, tools, and so more. Uh, Cashflowninja.com. Awesome stuff, mate. Well, look, I want to thank you so much for ch uh, jumping on the show today. It's great to reconnect with you, hear a little bit more about what you're doing. Uh, the book, I'm definitely going to get my hands on the book, The 21 Niches. Head over to cashflowninja.com slash 21 niches. Um, I would just want to you know, reflect on some of the things that I took away from today's show. And I think you're completely correct about you know, the melt up, the meltdown. I think the speed in which we've seen coming out of the pandemic on the real estate side, at least, you know, increasing in rent, these rent bumps that we're getting is huge. The increase in our, our asset prices. And, you know, I've created a lot of wealth personally for myself and my investors because of just by holding at the right time. But what does that mean? And how do we, na how do we navigate that? You're know, buying more assets moving forward. And, you know, understanding the different technologies, if you look back in history and how we transitioned from the farming into the revolu uh, industrial revolution. And now we're, and that took over a period of time, but now we're in the, the, the transition into this AI world, you know, with crypto and, and all the, the different robots that are, that are helping us be more efficient, but it's happened so quickly. And I think that's what everyone's got a real big, they're sort of holding onto their seats a little bit because they're thinking what the hell is going to go on because, you know, stuff like inflation's coming around the corner or, or, or we printed the most amount of money, 20% of all currency has been printed in 2020. So there were so many good tidbits there, mate. So many little nuggets of gold that I want to thank you for, for sharing with the audience. You're just a wealth of knowledge. And that's why I encourage everyone to jump over to your website and grab the book, The 21 Niches. So get it to cashflowninja.com slash 21 niches. But mate, did I leave anything out that you want to add before we sign off? No, that's, that's fantastic. I'll add one thing is, you know, one thing as you, as you were recapping the episode that I would say to folks to just understand the incredible opportunity that we have because it's all digital, right? And it's online. And a lot of these uh, digital uh, platforms or tools, they're not very expensive. Some of them are most, for the most part, are, are free for free online, right? And to participate in this new digital world, uh, which we're moving to the opportunity for entrepreneurs is incredible compared to the agricultural age, the industrial age, took a lot longer. Now, if you position yourself and you, you relish this opportunity, I mean, my goodness, this is the second time in my lifetime. The first one, I was too young. I was, in, I was at university at, when the internet started rolling out and that you had all the dot-com craze and the world was moving online. And I always felt like, I'm like, man, I missed out on that opportunity where the world changed while there, here's another opportunity. So I just wanted to say to folks, it's an incredible opportunity for folks that wish to see it. It could be very scary. It could be very doomy and gloomy because of the rate of change. So, but if you, if you look at the, the opportunity that's been presented to you, I mean, like I said, this is the second one in my lifetime. So I'm very excited and thank you so much for having me on the show. Awesome, mate. Well, look, again, thank you for coming on. Enjoy the rest of your week and we'll catch up very, very soon. 
Well, there you have another cracking episode jam-packed with some incredible advice from MC. Remember to head over to cashflowninja.com forward slash 21 niches if you want to get your hands on a copy of the book. It's also on Amazon. Um, so definitely Google that 21 niches uh, by, by MC Laubscher, the Cash Flow Ninja. I want to thank you all again for taking some time out of your day to tune in to continue to grow your real estate IQ because it's what we're all about here on this show. If you are interested in investing in my portfolio, jump over to reedgoosens.com, click on the invest with Reed button uh, and it will take you to a schedule. We can schedule a call about potentially investing in my deals. Please follow me on Instagram and you can follow me on LinkedIn. And if you do like this show, the easiest way to give back is to give it a five-star review on iTunes. And we're going to do this all again next week. So remember, be bold, be brave, and go give life a crack. <laughs>